Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with another episode of our Ecom show and today I'm here with Chad Rubin. He's a serial entrepreneur and uh, he's been in business for, he will tell us actually, I think more than a decade, maybe two two decades, Chad. Uh, you're dating me a little bit, but yeah, about just over a decade. Okay, yeah. So uh, he's been a serial entrepreneur and uh, he launched several businesses. We will discuss all of these, uh, Scubana, Crucial Vacuum, we changed its name to Think Crucial recently, uh, Prophecy, and uh, even more. So let's jump into it. Hey, Chad, how are you today? Hey, hey, thanks for having me on. Fantastic. So let's start at the beginning. You just said that you started this journey a bit more than a decade ago. And uh, I'm just curious, what was your first venture and uh, how was the, you know, uh, e-commerce back then because i'm sure it was really different so let's start there yeah so i was on wall street and i got fired after three three layoffs and i was like on the side helping my father and my mother uh build a vacuum business online and so when i was let go it's like a whole world opened up to me and initially we were just like reselling other people's product online and then we started actually selling our own brand selling direct and cutting out the middleman on Amazon along with 10 other channels that we were on. Yeah. Was it uh, after 2008? Actually, it was, I, was, I, was, I was fired February the 13th, Friday the 13th, uh, 2009. And so that was actually when I started my entrepreneurial journey. So it's just like you know, over a decade ago. I see. And why vacuum cleaners? I mean, how this popped up, uh, you know, from your mind? Why v- vacuum cleaners? Oh, well, m- my father owned a vacuum store with my mother, uh, and I grew up with that. And you know, funny enough, the last thing I ever wanted to do was get into the vacuum business. And because of their struggles, I really didn't want to be an entrepreneur. So it just was happenstance that I was fired from my job. I was helping them on the side. And then I saw a pretty large opportunity with Amazon's marketplace and with online commerce. Nobody was selling direct to consumer in the space. And so I just saw, I had a lot of conviction around, okay, this actually could be massive. And it was. So you could see the market opportunity. You really believed in this thing, even if maybe your feelings were against being an entrepreneur at the very beginning because of your parents. And then you just decided to go for it and yeah i'm so i know you uh, reached out to potential investors just like a week ago you posted about this and uh, it became a quite popular post on linkedin and uh, you even posted a photo photo with uh, brian lee who was your first investor if i'm correct yep. so he's also a part of uh, anas company and legal zoom so he invested into multiple companies and I'm just curious why you decided to bring in investors because, you know, I interview many different uh, e-commerce business owners who are a huge fan of bootstrapping their business, not uh, including investors, but I know the other side as well. So I'm just wondering why you picked this uh, investor. So a couple of things. One is I actually actually did invest $2 million of my own capital into Stubana when we first started. And... Software in general is, is very capital intensive. And so like 
the business that we were building was really my mission. And it was becoming much larger than what I initially anticipated. And we needed additional capital to get us to achieve my goal. And so I made a list of the top 10 people I wanted to, to really get involved in this business from an investment perspective. Someone who can just be smart money, not just anyone's money. And out of the 10 people, Brian Lee uh, responded and we started building a relationship. And he eventually actually became on our board. Okay. Yeah. So actually, I thought that this was still the vacuum business, but you just mentioned Scubana. So that is, was it your second business? After... So yeah, so Crucial was the first, uh, then came Stubana shortly thereafter. And so the, the e-com business, Crucial, Think Crucial, actually is completely bootstrapped. Every dollar we would make from the business, we reinvested it back into that business. But the software business, which A, I was new to, right? And so you need to have capital to make mistakes with. And B, you need to have capital to get you to achieve your vision. Because like, unlike product where you can go and buy product, you buy low, you sell high. In software, you have to constantly be reinvesting back into the company and building, 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 and then selling and then continuously building it thereafter and supporting and maintaining. So it was just a completely different type of business that required capital yeah. to succeed. Makes sense. What was the initial problem that you tried to solve with Scubana if, if somebody doesn't know this tool? Yeah, so... Back in the day, 2014, there was no software out there that combined orders and inventory together. Mm -hmm. And so if you just think of the word e-commerce, right, a decade and a half ago, there was no e, additional e in commerce. It was just commerce. And so there was point solutions on the market. There was a shipping software. There was an inventory software. There was a profit software. And none of those softwares talked to each other. And it would actually create points of failure in the process of running a business and scaling, especially since there's no, there's no truth in the data. Right? There's no one place. Everyone's speaking a different language. And it's important to have everyone unified on one language. And that's how we built Stubana, was combining orders, inventory, and analytics all in one platform to scale, giving everyone the tools to scale necessary across Amazon, <laughs> Shopify, Magento, Groupon, Wayfair, Overstock, Home Depot, Sephora, et cetera. All the different e-commerce platforms, basically. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. And uh, Amazon is the main platform for you or Shopify, something else? What's the contribution of the different platforms? Yeah. It wasn't always... Are you talking about uh, for Stubana or for my e-com company? For uh, your uh, e-commerce company, the vacuum business. Yeah. You know, it's really shifted and evolved over time. Initially, when I first started, it was all Amazon, then it went 50% Amazon, and now it's roughly about 79% of revenue. Amazon. Amazon, yeah. I mean, Amazon's really okay. uh, taking over when it comes to commodities and when mm. it comes to yeah, commodity transactions in the online world. Especially electronics, I guess. If well, I trust, but I, wasn't, nice. I was selling filters, but yeah, I mean, I think electronics, mm. I think filters, like... Anything that's replaceable in the home, a lot of people think first to go to Amazon. And I think that's representative of, if you look at the attribution of Amazon as relative to the rest of the platforms we sell on. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, I can see that every day. Uh, I talk to different uh, electronic companies and uh, I know 
so in in the US, Amazon is huge, yes. But uh, here in Europe, actually, we have more platforms, and um, but the pattern is the same. People use these platforms to find these products. They don't go to brands, and there are there aren't big brands based on that. So yeah, mm. yeah. Let's talk about uh, your. I think this is your newest venture, Prophecy. So what was the initial problem there? What you are trying to solve with this tool? Or business. Yeah, so <clears throat> interesting. After I sold Stubana, which was April 21, I started really thinking about what are problems that need to be solved. And right now, I mean, it's a perfect story in the e-commerce world, right? You've got rising yeah. cost of raw materials. You have supply chain bottlenecks. You have rising advertising costs with zero attribution to those, uh, to where you're advertising. And so everyone's trying to figure out how do I, especially since Amazon has really evolved from an organic channel to a pay-to-play channel, forcing a lot of sellers and merchants to become advertisers. So everyone's messing with advertising spend. Everyone's trying to maybe cut some costs, but the one lever that nobody's pulling is around pricing. And so if you think about pricing in general, there's power players like Amazon changes price 2.1 million times a day, but you have Expedia that changes pricing when you book an airfare. Uh, in Hungary, I'm sure, right? Price of airfare changes from one day to the next. Uber has surge pricing. Airbnb has smart pricing. And like these companies are optimizing every single penny of profit. And so the idea was, well, we're giving Amazon brands that same superpower. So like every day, Amazon consumers are leaving behind billions of clues, their shopper behavior, their preferences, their search patterns, and all that data is ripe for the taking. And so Prophecy essentially ingests and analyzes those data points in real time. So we use machine learning, we use statistical science, we use behavioral economics, and we pinpoint the optimal price to maximize profit at that given moment, at that given point in time. Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, where we can essentially change pricing every second. Okay, that's quite frequent. <laughs> and who who is the average uh, user, the average business that needs this? I mean, small yeah. businesses, enterprise in between. Yeah, so right now there's about 5 million Amazon companies selling in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And 70% of those are Amazon brands, meaning companies that own the brand and sell direct on Amazon. So it used to be resellers and now it's brands. And so typically what I say is like, if you're doing above a million dollars in revenue and you're a private label Amazon brand, you can be leveraging Prophecy. And that's yeah. where we sp spend most of our time. And so like right now we have a company that's selling automotive parts. Uh, they're doing significant revenue. We're talking about $30 million in revenue and they have a good SKU assortment catalog. And we are anticipating an increase of profitability, at least for this coming month around 15%. The profitability, 15% increase. Yeah, it's pretty massive. Okay. So let's just like, you know, you play with some numbers, right? So hundred. Yeah. let's just say you're doing $100,000 of revenue, of profit a month. You're doing 100K yeah. of, of profit a month. And we say that we can achieve you 10% increases on a month-by-month -month basis. That's $10,000. You yeah. annualize that, that's $1.2 million of additional profit that you would have never had before. And then you apply a three or four X multiplier on that, given the fact that that's typically where the enterprise value uh, multiple that a company is acquired at. And that's 
just huge. Yeah, indeed. And uh, they just have to connect this to to their store and the whole thing is automatic or what do they have to set up? Yeah, so you go and you set up uh, your... So a few things. One is you go to our application and you onboard. It's very easy. You click two buttons. You connect to Amazon Seller Central and you connect your Amazon advertising, uh, the ads API into the account. Once that happens, we essentially start ingesting all the information in your account and you need to apply what's called a min price or a floor price and a ceiling price to your product along with an all-in cost. And then based on that, we do the rest. Okay. So like our, our machine learning algorithm is dynamically ingesting all these factors to predict the optimal price on Amazon that's going to maximize your profitability. Yeah, this is not the first uh, tool that I can see, you know, uh, where the focus is pricing and changing prices automatically. And uh, there was a company around three years ago when uh, they did something similar. Um, you know, the price could change automatically by the software. It was based on machine learning. I don't want to mention their name because actually this company doesn't exist anymore. And um, we were partners and I was actually surprised that they are not in business anymore because I think it's a great idea, as you said. Yeah. One so, of the so levels. I guess my first question is like, were they focusing on Amazon? No, Shopify. Yeah, exactly. So that's another very important point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, upon my market research, like these Shopify brands, essentially without knocking the Shopify experience, I think Amazon is a platform and it's a marketplace where people are very accustomed to price changes. I don't have to actually change people's behavior yeah. because everyone knows that price changes on Amazon. Amazon's like a high frequency stock market. And so when you don't have to re-educate people on price changes, I think there's a pretty large opportunity, which is why I'm focusing my energy on amazon.com. Makes sense. So basically because of the psychology of the two platforms, that's why you think your tool works on Amazon, but on Shopify, it's much harder, or maybe it's even impossible. Well, look, we had a lot of brands that were on Stubana that are high profile brands that I interviewed in this process. And a lot of them were just kind of stuck on their price. In other words, they were like, we have the best product in the market. We're never going to lower price. We don't coupon. We don't, pro- we don't promo. We don't do anything. And I think that there's some like ego associated sometimes with pricing, especially pricing decisions when you have your own Shopify platform or your own organic storefront. And on Amazon, you're in a sea of other products. So like if you type in garlic press onto Amazon, right, which we can do that while we're on this call right now, I go to amazon.com and I type in garlic press. There's a lot of those private label brands that are on Amazon currently. And there's thousands of garlic presses. And on page one, let's just say there's 30 items on page one, how do you know that you're not leaving money on the table? And how do you know that maybe if you price a product higher, that there won't actually be uh, more profit for you or even vice versa, if you price it lower, how do you know that you won't actually sell more items, more velocity and maximize profit by selling more? And the whole goal is how do you maximize profit without sacrificing your BSR, without sacrificing your competitive positioning on Amazon? That's really what we've Mm -hmm. optimized for. Okay. Yeah. So you have multiple businesses and I always, uh, you know, I always ask serial entrepreneurs about how they think about this, having multiple businesses, because 
you know, some people, they say that you should focus on one thing um, and that's what you have to do for decades or whatever. Mm. But I know there are many serial entrepreneurs. So I'm curious, what's your take on this? About My take focus- is focusing uh, on one thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, when they say that you can run multiple business at the same time, um, a lot of people reference it as the parallel entrepreneur. And I can tell you that like when I dedicate and I'm fully dedicated to something, I, it's hard for me to do other things. I'm not a great mm-hmm. multitasker. So when I was building Stubana, you know, I did sacrifice my e-com company, right? And, uh, you know, I also was a part of Prosper Show as well, but like my undivided attention was really focused on Stubana. And now the same thing with Prophecy, right? My time is being spent focusing on Prophecy. And so... I am, I'm not going to BS here in your audience and think, oh, wait, no, I was able to do both simultaneously. Yes, I've been able to exist with my e-comp company, but I really think that success to be, is derived by doubling down and focusing. Yeah. I think uh, at the same, if you have two businesses, let's say, or maybe three, then you can focus on one business and you should focus and you can delegate the operations to your team, let's say in the e-commerce business. Most likely it won't uh, grow as fast, especially if you are the CEO or you know, some key person in that business as well. But still, it can survive and it can be profitable and you can focus on the software business. I think that's a good model that I can see. Yeah, so I did, I did do that. And <laughs> let's just say that when you pull the visionary and you pull the core intelligence out of something like the core operating system, unless you have somebody that can actually replicate you, it's very difficult. And I would mm-hmm. also say that, you know, when I was running the e-com company, I always knew that there was going to be copycats. I always knew that there was going to be people on my heels trying to do what we're doing. There wasn't a competitive moat or a competitive advantage to what we were building. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have a competitive advantage, it's hard to differentiate in a sea of everyone who has the same products. And that's happening on Amazon today. You know, it's like, how, how much better can you make your image of your listing? How much better uh, can you make your bullet points? Or, and a, a filter specifically doesn't have, you know, a filter is a filter is a filter. So for me, I want to focus my energy on what's going to have the maximum output and outcome for me and my family. We're only on this earth for a very short time, right? A blink of a blink of an eye, 80 years, 90 years, hopefully maybe a hundred years if you're living in a blue zone. So this hundred years, like what's going to make the highest impact for you and your family and generate the most wealth for generations to come? And I think that's why I decided to focus on software, because there's no other place where you can focus the kind of energy and get the return on that energy. Uh in any other business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this relates to my next question and my last question. So I just talked to a friend of mine who, who also lives here in Hungary. He has a business of around 30, 40 million euros a year, and they just started a software business now. And uh, I talked with him about his mindset and he separates a cash flow business and a business that you want to sell. And I'm just wondering what's your mindset on this? So, Software is for selling, 
for you know because you can grow fast and then you can sell it five ten years later that's the ultimate goal and e-commerce is better for cash flow um what do you think well i don't know if e-com is better for cash flow if you look at a lot of these e-commerce companies today there's like essentially you have to invest in a lot of product <laughs> and you're technically like cash flow positive until you start selling that product off and mm -hmm. start at least breaking even so Yes, you could cash flow an e-com company faster than a software company because you're not building, 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 selling, continuously building, maintaining, et cetera. Um, I think for me, like I'm not building prophecy to sell per se, right? I'm building prophecy to maximize value. For, first of all, I needed it for my own e-com company and it wasn't existing, so I solved that problem. Mm -hmm. But value creation for others. And when you do that, there's a paradigm shift. And when you're building something of value for others, you get rewarded for it. And with that, you help and you enable them to flourish. So there's like such tremendous value I get from that. And with that, you build something great enough, you, there's the opportunity for someone to actually buy it, right, over time. And so I, you know, people are buying um, e-commerce companies right now too. Like you can sell anything if it's creating value and helping others flourish. But I think that the payback on a software company is much higher, right? Like mm -hmm. you can get 10x your revenue for software or more than that, or you can get three or 4x your profit on an e-com company. And I think the multiples, it's calculated based on revenue if it's software, if it's SaaS, while with e-commerce, it's based on the profit. The exactly. Right. So, so like what I'm saying is like if we only have a short time in this in this world, for me specifically, this is just how I look at the world, thinking, okay, I can either just lose hair, I've already lost my hair on top, and I can double down on an e-com company that I'm going to get three or four X, maybe that if I can, uh, for a product-based business, but 10 X revenue. It's like, it's a completely different animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these are the closing words for today. Uh, thanks, Chad, for uh, sharing uh, all of these today. And thanks, everyone who listened to us today or later the podcast. And every week we come out with a new episode. So stay tuned and uh, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for having me.